Twenty in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. The National Energy Board has given another push to get the Trans Mountain Pipeline approved. On Friday, the NEB gave conditional endorsement of construction, saying the project's benefits outweigh the negative impacts on the environment. It has also started the clock on a 90-day period for the federal government to give the expansion approval. Political commentator Janet Brown tells Global News this is a sensitive issue for the Liberals ahead of the federal election in October. They're going to have to do well in British Columbia. And to do well in British Columbia, they're going to have to really show British Columbians that they were very thoughtful when they made this decision. A bare majority of of British Columbians do support the pipeline, but only if the right sort of environmental um, and Indigenous concerns are met. Meanwhile, a judge has dismissed the British Columbia government's request to declare an Alberta law that could restrict the flow of refined oil products to B.C. as unconstitutional. Justice R.J. Hall wrote in a decision that since the law was never officially proclaimed, the request to strike it is premature. More news in a moment, but for 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. We've got a new collision involving a car in the ditch in the southeast northbound Deerfoot Trail at 130th Avenue. Crews are on scene blocking the right exit lane, so you're going to have to stay left here and really slow down for the upcoming slippery ramp. I'm seeing minor delays right now. Light volume throughout the city, pretty normal for a Sunday morning. Mark it on your calendar. The Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus is coming to Freedom Mobile. Pre-order yours in store today. Details at freedommobile.ca. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter. I'm Taya Yusin. There was open weeping at a funeral being held in crowded Halifax as the names of the seven children killed in a house fire were read aloud. The children ranged in age from just a few months old to 14 years old and came to Canada from war-torn Syria with their parents in 2017. Natalie Horn, vice president of the community group that sponsored the Barho family's refugee claim, told the grieving mother that the community was enriched as a result of its relationship with her and her children. Meanwhile, a Syrian family living in the Maritimes was escaping a blaze at their home. The Fredericton Fire Department says crews responded to a fire at a bungalow on the city's north side yesterday morning just before noon. A Syrian family of eight who lived in the house all managed to escape, but there was extensive damage to the home. And tonight is the big night. Several Canadians are in the running for Oscars at the 91st Academy Awards. Canada is well represented this year, including the Best Animated Short category, which has three films from the Great White North all nominated. Trevor Jimenez, who grew up in Toronto and Hamilton, is up for his film Weekends. A look at growing up in two homes. Also in the running is Toronto raised Domi Shee for Bao and Vancouver based couple David Fine and Alison Snowden. And I love myself. For animal behavior. And for some reason, Toronto raised Mike Myers will be a presenter this year. I think we'll go with a little Bohemian Rhapsody, gentlemen. Ah, right. Rob Westgate, The Canadian Press. Taking a quick look at sports, brothers Matthew and Brady Kachuk square off today as the Flames take on the Senators at Canadian Tire Centre. Puck drop at 5 o'clock. Elsewhere, the Winnipeg Jets wrap up their three-game road trip tonight as they take on the Arizona Coyotes. 
And Alberta's Chelsea Carey has a chance to win her second Scotties Tournament of Hearts title tonight in Sydney, Nova Scotia. In the forecast, mainly cloudy today and a chance we could see some flurries. The temperature staying steady around minus 18, but with the wind chill near minus 28. Possible flurries this evening and then clear overnight to low of minus 24. The wind chill near minus 32. Tomorrow, sunshine, minus 17, and the sun continuing into Tuesday and minus 15. It's minus 20. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we are still in that deep freeze. It is... uh, it is definitely a little chilly out there, and it just seems to keep coming and coming and coming, and uh, and it's just cold. It is what it is, and uh, as we said, there's maybe one benefit, and hopefully those pine beetles take a kicking right in the keister. Hopefully they can be gone, and hopefully uh, we can see a little bit of uh, rejuvenation out in the forest, and that would be very nice to see. Did a nice talk yesterday. Uh, at the Glenmore Inn with the Fish and Wildlife uh, group. Um, it was all the wives, and, and they have a nice little social group. And we did a nice little talk there about houseplants and all the trends. Um, lots of great questions. Um, so, again, if you have any questions regarding houseplants or any other kind of plants, you can give me a call. I'm here for the next two hours, 403-974-8255 or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero, and those are the talk and text lines. And just a reminder: next weekend, uh, I'm going to be broadcasting live from down at the at the Home and Garden Show. So if you want to come by on Sunday and say hi, um, I'll be down there uh, broadcasting the show. And we have a couple of guests coming on. I know Janet Melrose for sure is one of our guests, and uh, she's the cottage gardener here in Calgary. And she does a lot of stuff, I think, with the Hort Society and a few other places. She'll be here. And uh, and I can't remember who else. I got uh, a list. I'll have to have a look and uh, and go from there. Anyways, it is uh, it is a pretty... Um, I don't know what even to say. A um, couple reminders, again, on the elm trees. You have until the end of March. So we have another month and a bit. If you have any pruning to do on your elm trees, go out and have a look at them. Dead, damaged, disease, branching, removals, things like that. And then on any of your other trees. But the elms need to be done in the next uh, three to four weeks. Otherwise, we are, we are out of luck. You can't do anything to them until after October. So if you have any of those, please uh, give your local... Um, certified arborist to call and that's where again just be very careful who you're calling um, lots of um, so-called arborists or guys tree trimming guys um, with a truck and a saw but you can do a lot of damage as I think I told the story last week one of my customers that in the past had landscaped the yard we worked really hard to save this big elm tree and then went uh, I seen him the other day and he asked me to come by and have a look at his tree as he let a uh, home renovator guy said he knew what he was doing and uh, sort of cut up his tree. But it's gone so far now that we have to remove it, unfortunately. And this was uh, a large, large elm tree. So it's going to have to get removed and replaced as it was just 
compromised too badly at the, at the, to the point of no return. So no fun, no fun. So um, maybe if we try to think of things that you can do out in this kind of weather to have to do with gardening, um, you can pick out seeds, lots of seeds in, um, and I'm working and I'm real close to bringing in one more line of seeds. I just love the variety. And this is a Canadian company as well. Uh, Western Canadian. Um, so I should, uh, and you'll be able to get those down at Spruce It Up. I'm hoping to have those in by the end of this week. We're just working out the logistics and the final details. And I'll be able to talk about that next weekend. So I look forward to that because that's what I find. It's really hard to find flowers in, in a lot of the seed varieties now because a lot of people aren't growing, but it's still nice to find a few varieties of petunias, a few different things to do your own seeding and transplanting. And we get a lot of people asking about no damp. Um, you cannot you cannot get no damp anymore, but we have one that's made by Sheldon with the Rage Fella. He makes another product called it's seedling, Seed and Seedling Fertilizer. It's an organic, but what it does, it builds the cell's walls up on the, this after the seed germinates so it won't rot off on you. You don't get any of that damping off. It works really, really well. Um, I've had a, quite a few people come in and, and just say, hey, they've used it. It works great. And uh, so that's one if you're looking, if, you're, if you plan on doing a bunch of seeding, it's one that you can definitely um, use on your seeds and then just helps build a really good cell wall on your plants and just makes them very, very sturdy. And just a reminder, I do want to just sort of pay my respects. Um, Barry Erskine, um, who I co-hosted here for a number of years with him and Wade Hartwell, he passed away um, just over a week ago. And his service is uh, on Tuesday, February 26th at 2 p.m. at the McKinnison Holloway um, at, on Elbow Drive there. So if anybody wants to go pay their respects in that. So um, all the best to the Erskine family and uh, our thoughts are with you guys. And uh, like I said, it was in Edda. Um, we didn't always agree on everything about gardening, but we also definitely had some very good discussions and it definitely brought to light a lot of things. He did lots of good things for the city. So anyways, very, uh, sad day when we, when we lose people like that. So, Hey Merle, I got Richard from Lethbridge here. Haven't heard about your outdoor fountain for a while. Is it still working? Um, no, actually I did mention it last week. Unfortunately, it 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 succumbed to the to the minus thirty. It just couldn't keep going. So the lights are are still going underneath the iceberg, but uh, the water it gave up. The pump gave up. I just it couldn't keep up um, with the cold. It just got frozen solid. So and I was doing that without a heater. So I was still pretty impressed. I got most of all the way through January into February. So. Um, I was fairly fairly impressed with that. And then I got the I got the LOL. Thanks, Richard. Thanks. <laughs> I'll have to. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to use a heater. Um, and actually, I was looking in in our bird section in the store yesterday, and we do have the the heaters that you can put inside your bird baths and things like that. So that's something I might look at doing next year is add uh, a heat source to keep it going because the. And again, like when, when you get days like this, when it's really hard for your birds to find something to drink. So um, that's, it, they really did enjoy that, but it just, 
it uh, just couldn't keep up with the cold when it's that cold and uh, and going from there. I got another text from, they said they bought some grow lights from Costco. They had an 18 inches above their begonias and for five hours every day. Does this sound like a good setup? Um, I, I, what I'd really do is sort of fo- read the directions, what they're recommending. And the red spectrum peak is 650, 662 wavelengths. Um, 18 inches after I said that sounds good. I'm just, I think they're a fairly big light because 18 inches, I would go up a little bit. Oh, no, no, though, 18 inches above. That seems like it's a little bit close. So I would even go two feet to three feet above because you're going to get the full light from them. And with the new LEDs, you got to be careful of uh, leaf scorch. So I would start higher and see if you're getting a good, sturdy, um, plants that way if you go too close like i said you can definitely see some leaf scorch so maybe move that up to 24 to 36 inches and uh myrna and glenn and see if that i would maybe do that might be a little bit better and because i think those are fairly good um fairly good um lights from what i remember seeing them and uh, we'll go from there and I have a job interview at a local garden center this week. I'll let you know how it goes next week so you can visit when you're in the hat. Wish me luck. Awesome. And uh, there's some great little garden centers. I know they've lost a few down there in Medicine Hat. So hopefully we get uh, we get a few, uh, you know, some of the smaller garden centers can, we have to work hard at what we're doing, trying to bring in different things. And that's been our challenge this year. So I know we're searching out different um, places to find those unique gifts and the unique pots and different things that go with a garden center that people are looking to buy and and definitely at a proper price point. So I know we're heading up to the Alberta Gift Show this week and then also checking out a couple of our, our uh, partner garden centers that we're going to be working with. We joined a group and so there's a couple up in Edmonton that we're meeting with and we're going to um, talk with them about different buying strategies together and, and different soils and different things like that. So looking forward to the networking part. And that's the one part I do love about garden centers or when people come in, customers, all you guys, listeners come into the garden center and just want to chat. Um, had two couples in the other day and... Uh, and my voice is fairly distinct, I guess, when I talk. I'm kind of loud in the garden center. So if you hey, you're Merle, and, and I, I love when you do that. So if you if you hear me in the garden center, please don't hesitate to wave, say hi, um, and we can chat about plants. That's sort of my passion. And love um, touring people around the garden center and just seeing the different things. And, and if you're looking for something in particular, let us know. We're always on the hunt for, for different products and different things out there in the gardening world because it's it's one of those things. And we are going to be having those propagation um, uh, group uh, session. I got to just hopefully have that. I'm just, the weather's just been so, it's cold to just be moving plants and people bringing propagation without covering. I just don't want to turn it into a disaster where everyone else has a bunch of mush. So, just hoping to book it into March and sort of mid-March, sort of look for that March 21st, maybe the first day of spring, something like that. Plan on doing a little propagation where people can plant share type deal at the garden center. So if you are saving any of your plants right now and you're looking forward to doing something like that, meeting with some other people, um, please uh, keep tuned 
Facebook, Instagram, and here on the on the radio show, and I'll definitely mention it. And I got another text. Lots of texts this morning, which is awesome. Hi, I have a green chili plant in a pot for about 10 months. Was growing well. I did thorough water run through. It's produce, it is not producing any chilies. It grows to flower and then dry. Now the plant itself is dying, drying. Any suggestion to save the chilies? My only thought is um, it, it sounded like you had it going good. And then when it got into wintertime, I would suggest those need a fair bit of light. So without additional light source would be one thing, Bill, and I'm not sure if you if you did have a grow light on that at all. That would be one suggestion and and proper dist um and I'm not sure what variety yet, if but if they were self pollinating or or that itself. If they, but you did say they get the chilies. They did bloom, but I'm not sure if they got the chilies or just the flower. Um, so that would be one 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 suggestion. Any suggestion to save? I, I add the light, get it into a brighter spot, feed it with Rage Plus. Um, you don't really want to feed a sick plant like a regular fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 15. We just want to get it healthy first. And really, the only fertilizer type product I would use is Rage. Is if you have a sick plant that just is not is suffering more than anything, got to build up the cells, get the roots healthy again, get it growing, and then you can feed it with the fifteen thirty fifteen, produce the flowers, get it blooming, get some fruit on it, and uh, I uh, brought my my wife and I home a Meyer lemon yesterday after um, talking with Mary and everybody else about their Meyer's lemon, and we finally just moved into our new house, got everything almost settled. So I, I planted up a nice Meyer lemon and brought that home yesterday and looking forward to uh, bringing a few more plants. Got a nice bright new house, um, lots of windows. So um, finally able to um, bring in some nice, some nice plants and uh, make it feel like a little bit more like a home, which I, I think plants will do. So if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor gardening needs. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And nice to see everyone's up and early. Everyone's tired of the cold as well. I just got to turn my phone around so I can actually answer it. My nose was <laughs> turned the other way. Here we are. I'm going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, good morning. How are you uh, today? Uh Trying to stay warm. <laughs> yeah, isn't it that it's just you don't even feel like going out because it, it's just that cold past the the comfortable point. Eh? We had that one day there last week. It was actually quite nice, but now we're just back into it. Yeah, my my problem is I, I went out and I checked my trees and yeah. stuff. I have a forty oh. year old apple tree, and I notice a crack like a split from the ground oh. and it goes up two feet. Yeah. And I measured it the inside. It's about an inch to two inches. Yeah. Can I put wood, wood filler in there or something? No. Like it just happened, eh? Yeah, no, those are just frost cracks. Oh. Um, so typically it should be bolted properly. Um, I would give, 
Um, our guys are very well trained in this. Um, we Mark and Chris, certified arborists. If you uh, like us to come by, we can have a look. Mark can have a assess it. Um, right. I know he's done a fair bit of bolting this past couple of weeks as we've had uh, some cracking and stuff like that on some of these trees. And it's typically the harder wood, like the yeah. apples, the maples, the ash, things like that. That it's what it is. It, it gets that real cold and then it warms up. It's right. just that expansion again, right? And then it, right. it just can't take it. You like oh. that sound effect, eh? That was good. <laughs> no, but unfortunately, that's the. It's just like your pipes, right? They're fine. It's good on that first initial cold. It gets really cold, but right. then when we get it, when it warms up a bit, that's when we get all the sewer breaks and things like that, right? It's just right. that it's the change in the temperature, the te- temperature fluctuations. Oh, because like I said, it's forty years old, and yeah. I go out, and this is yesterday, and here's this crack. Yeah, no, that's what it happened. So. Um, like I said, I would, uh, if you'd like to give, um, Mark a shout, um, you can okay. also, um, you can just do it on at printed up at S I U G C dot C A. You can send us an email or call the store and Mark will give you a call. And, Great. All righty. All right. Thank you. Thanks Dale. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately that's is some of the issues here in our with this really cold and then the fluctuations of that we get in Calgary is the the heat then the cold and the heat like it's a, and on a lot of that hardwood and I know if you bring in furniture or something from another climate it's amazing how it can just crack and dry up and and things like that uh, one of the guys on our arborist team Jeremy he made me this really really nice his him and his wife they have this company on the side where they engrave wood and they made this really nice pruned up with the logo in this big, like a two-foot log, um, like a big plate type thing. And uh, made it, but it was just a little bit too wet, so it cracked on us. And he's, Merle, I'm going to make another one. But it, it still looks pretty awesome, just, even with the crack in it. Just, but it just tells you how dry it is here. Okay, I'm going to go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? Well, I'm... Uh... <laughs> Probably like the rest of us, just get a little tired of this cold. Yeah, no, and uh, it, it is, and you try to find what you can do. and just. But one thing, it's just so slick. Like I came underneath the bridge deck, too, on the roads. Like it doesn't look icy, but, man, you get that black ice underneath there. It's it's so – so just be careful around corners and that if you are going out. It, it It's crazy out there. Yes, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm just trying to bide the time with my house plants yep. and things like that and, you know – um, but the question is, is that one of the gardening YouTube people that I follow talked about supplementing, you know, in dark corners when it's, yep. when it's dark in the wintertime, just with, the, with regular bright LEDs like that you have in your fixture. So I was like, hmm, I don't know about that. But anyways, in my dining room, sometimes it can be a little dark. So yep. I just started leaving the lights. I have bright LEDs in a fixture. Yep. And... I, and I've been doing it now for about a week and a half, and I kind of think it's made a bit of a difference. I don't think it's going to do any harm. Um, depend, I, I always think, but it depends on what type of LEDs. And that's just sort of, I guess, what I've been in told and ingrained when I when I talk to people about lighting. They say it needs to be the full spectrum to actual grow lights. Do I think just leaving the light on is going to hurt it? No, it's it's light of some sort, right? Like yeah. it's I don't yeah. think it's going to hurt it in any in any ways. Well, these are super bright. There's yep. five of them and, you know, I do know that, you know, you need kind of proper grow lights, but 
just to supplement when it's yeah. kind of dark. Yeah. And I think it looks to me like my plants have, have gotten a little happier. <laughs> well, that's good. But then there is quite a few, the newer grow lights, um, they're actually, they come in most of the bulbs now. Like they come in the floodlights. They come in the all the different lights. So you can you can even change the odd one into a into a full-spectrum light as well. So would they be about as cost-effective as the absolutely. LEDs? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. because they're LEDs as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe I might try doing that since I've got five in the chandelier. Maybe it's changing out a couple of them, yeah, maybe? Yeah, and the prices come down a ton on a lot of those lights. So, um as you know, with when we're looking at LEDs, they used to be quite expensive, and they have come down a, t- a lot in price. So right, right, okay. Well, I just wanted to get your take on that. I, I really think it makes. It, I do think it makes a difference. Um, any kind of light, and then just um, as you, as we get into light, is this getting onto a proper fertilizer program with your with your plants, sort of every that four every four weeks or something like that? Give them a little shot of right. fertilizer. Well, I do do the rage. Um, um, periodically. Awesome. And, uh, yep. And then for the flowering, I do your green it up uh, Perfect. fertilizer. The 153015. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, yep. Leslie. Thanks, Merle. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and minus 20 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. A judge has dismissed the British Columbia government's request to declare an Alberta law that could restrict the flow of refined oil products to B.C. as unconstitutional. Justice R.J. Hall wrote in a decision that since the law was never officially proclaimed, the request to strike it is premature. As of Saturday afternoon, the GoFundMe page for the Barho family who lost their seven children in a Halifax house fire has raised over $575,000. Several fundraisers were held across the city yesterday to help add to that total. And R. Kelly is spending the weekend in jail. He appeared at his first court hearing yesterday since being charged with sexually abusing four people, including three minors. He's due in court again on Monday. In the forecast, mainly cloudy today, possible flurries later, temperatures staying steady near minus 18. Chance of flurries heading into the evening, an overnight low of minus 24, and sunshine tomorrow and minus 17. It's minus 20, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And got a couple questions here on the texts. Um, actually, this is a good advice as we get the as the ice and that. Richard, Richard again from Lethbridge. Not a gardening question per se, but folks should spend some time check their eaves and troughs, downspouts for freezing, um, unthaw them or break them apart or break some of the ice off. Things like that. Also, in a lot of the newer areas, if you have the high efficiency furnaces. And you have the the spout coming out of the bottom of the, in your basement there, and it drips ice. You got to watch it; it doesn't catch up to the spout itself, and then ends up plugging up. It'll shut down your furnace. So um, go out there, check on the side of your house, and if you see the big ice ice uh, icicle, I guess it's called iceberg almost <laughs> coming off your off your uh, exhaust. Um, you can break that off. Be careful not to break your pipe off. But some good, some good advice. 
And I got a question. Are you going to be selling pot plants or seeds this season? No. And and for the retail garden center, I'm going to chat a little bit about this. In the cannabis world, we're going to, we, we support it in the grow lights and some of the fertilizers and things like that. But to grow, to sell plants or seeds, it's controlled underneath the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Control Board. So it's a different business altogether. And I just like to put it in perspective of somebody. If I had my greenhouse, um, Say I have my one greenhouse full of geraniums and petunias and things like that. It's maybe worth 50000 bucks or something like that. If that was all full of cannabis, all of a sudden that's worth a half a million or a million dollars. It just changes the whole game of everything in our business of, of security and things like that. And, and it just, it's a total different business. And so I don't foresee any of the any of us garden centers going to be able to sell um, plants, and and I don't think I really want to. It's something that if people decide they want to try and grow it, and and I definitely have some thoughts on that. Um, people don't realize they do grow, and I have lots of callers here and people listening that grow it in their house. Um, and I think that's great. They've probably done it before, um, but it's not the easiest thing, but it, it's a good lobby if you want to try it out. Um, but when you do get them to bud stage, you got to be prepared. It is going to stink. Um, they do smell a fair bit, and you're going to need good garbon filters. The same thing, just when you're doing some investing in the proper equipment um, will give you the better results. It's no different than your buddy who brings over that homemade wine and... Uh, and it always tastes so good. Mm. Love that homemade wine. <laughs> Usually not so much. Anyways, let's go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> Are you growing weed I'm out there swooning. yet? You... I'm swooning. I'm so glad you're not growing pot. No. <laughs> I was out dancing that night. You guys are a bunch of wimps. <laughs> I, was out, I was out in the minus 24. Nice. I even had the fireman push me out of a snowbank. <laughs> Actually, I, I had to pull. It was kind of funny. I had a there was a guy in front of the garden center, and he has, he had this brand new Jeep, and it was all all lifted high and not all all the stuff. He goes, I just got it. He got stuck in the ditch, so I had to pull him out with my tundra. He wasn't very happy. I go, don't worry, I will put this on social media. But we when I was parked on the handicapped snowbank. <laughs> In the in High River, uh, they were having a, a, a fundraiser for the maternity outfit. Obviously, not for me. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. But you're out there supporting it, so that's good. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, they had a date piece band, Western Swing. Oh my gosh, it was good. Wow. But I had to plug my ears; it was a little loud. <laughs> I hear you. But it was good. We danced. You seen all the nice young kids there and. Showing me all their new babies on their cell phone or those phones. That's good. Yeah, Everyone's getting out having some neat. fun. It was good. Awesome. I had a good time. My goodness, I'm swoony. Your answer, man. God, he's got the most wonderful voice. Oh, Gordo. He should be. He should be. He should be. <laughs> oh, Gordo. In movies. Yeah, Gord left us for a while, and then he uh, moved away, tried to go to B.C. He was out there growing cannabis, I think, and then we came back, <laughs> and now he's here. <laughs> I hope he's as good-looking as his voice. Oh, he's super good-looking. <laughs> well, he, he has a face for radio like me. 
hide behind the radio. There you go. Yeah, there you go. I'm glad you brought Carolyn finally a plant. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love my Meyer plant. It's starting to bloom again. You know, and that's... A little wee bit, but... in it's your house, looking, but, but it's but nice. It's, coming. it's nice in your house when you can start. Um, and we moved a, a few times and found a really you good house. A nicer home, yeah. Got a nice house, bright lights. Yeah, it's, me too. So looking forward to bringing some light um, plants in there, bring it to life, make it a home, all that kind of fun yeah, stuff. I know. I got uh, four huge windows to the south. It's it gets a little warm in the summer, but I just shut the blind. Nice. Yeah. But anyway, when I wanted to ask you, I'm going to pick your brain. All right. I got this most gorgeous azalea for my birthday. Nice. I repotted it in a plant, and it's beautiful. Now, when you cut the the dried flowers off, do they make new ones? Um, they they will a little bit. I've been. It looks really healthy. I repotted it. It's really nice. It's best to, to to deadhead all the time, like as they dwindle, yeah. Yeah. keep deadheading because it will send out more and more. But or as you will. know, that's what I thought. Yeah, no, keep it in a bright spot. Yeah, azaleas are one of those ones that are tough to get to bloom again, though. Like they're well, and they get yeah. kind of straggly looking. You know what I mean? Well, and do they do they grow do they grow here outside or no? Not, not the ones that you're getting in the house. I didn't think you, so, but you can definitely grow rhododendrons. Oh, um, okay. But yeah, they're, they're kind of similar. You need a really sheltered location. And like I, I was thinking, I was talking about last week with, uh, or two weeks ago with a caller. The problem with them is that they come up so early. Like yeah, I've had well, them in a couple yeah. of gardens and they come up, to, if, when we have a late spring, it's really hard because they'll yeah. be coming up underneath the, underneath the snow. Well, they're more BC, aren't absolutely, they? Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. I thought I like them, but... They're 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 kind of messy. Yeah, they're and they're they are. And as for a house plant, you just gotta watch that they don't dry out because they do. No, I've just been really talking to it, and it's just pink, and it's absolutely beautiful. Because probably when you transplanted it, it was probably very root bound as well. Well, I just kind of swished it a little, yep. and then put it awesome. in some nice new soil, potting soil, Perfect. in a bigger pot. It's lovely. Perfect. You know, we all need flowers in the winter. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, good. All right, take Mary. Care. Have a good one. Yeah, we'll talk to you Bye-bye. again. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And we need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And I'm going to go right to the phone lines and Trent. Good morning, Trent. Hi. How you doing? Good, good. How can I help uh, you? Uh, I'm not much of a gardener or anything like that. Uh, I've got tarragonas. Yep. Um, they're starting to kind of, well, lay over, I guess. Yep. Presume they're just getting too tall, I would presume, eh? Yep, and that's and they do that. They tend to sometimes they get a little bit of rot down by the root and up the stem. So it sounds like you're, you're due for a rejuvenation. So it's similar to what I've talked about before is uh, you take it right down to the ground, down to uh, four inches sort of thing, right down, nice, good, clean cuts, and it'll just grow like crazy from the bottom. So instead of wasting all that energy trying to rejuvenate its old wood, all that energy goes into brand new growth, and you'll have a nice healthy hedge again or or, uh, shrubs or whatever for for a long time again. Okay. 
Yeah, that's that's okay. Yeah, I was kind of presuming that, like I didn't know you'd have to take them right to the ground. It, 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 I see a lot of people take it halfway, but then all it does is ends up rotting, and you'll see a bunch of dead wood halfway up. It's better just to take it right down. If you're getting rotting at the bottom, it's 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 going to do no good to to do a halfway prune. You know, okay. it's just because it's already it's. Uh, it's uh, whatever. It's it's starting to de- decompose and and fall apart at the root system. So again, just take it right down. But I would definitely you do a, a. It's a good time to look at doing a deep root fertilizer as well. And for a lot of people, book your you can book your deep root spring fertilizer. Um, get that ready to go early spring, so that way the energy's in the plant. And ready to go up into the root, into the structure of the tree when it's forming its branches and leaves and all that stuff. Okay, alrighty. So okay, well. yeah, so just is this a hedge, Trent, or is it a? Yeah, it's yeah. more kind of sound barrier, so it's a shame. It, you it, know, but uh, you'll be amazed at how fast it grows. So what I would do is like if you take it down in the next month or two, or whatever, and then do good cleanup. And then early spring, put a, like a soaker hose all along there and, okay. and then make sure you do a really good spring watering and then give it a good fertilizer, even like a, like a, with the deep root fertilizing, or if you're going to do it yourself, like use a 20, 20, 20 or 30, 10, 10, something like that. And then just, it, you'll get a ton of growth on it. And we do do the deep root fertilizer as well. If, if anybody's interested in that, um, we'll be fertilizing a lot of the trees with the proper fertilizers. It's it's just something that is going to need, use a lot of energy, and carrigans are very fast growers. So okay, and, right. and it's just like I said, it's not wasting its energy on that old wood trying to make it alive. It's going to go all into new growth. So you'll be you'll get four to five feet this first year quite easily. Really? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I noticed like when I thin out all the dead stuff like that, and it. That definitely helps, but yep. uh, but yeah, I'll definitely. After these years, it's just time to it's time for rejuvenation, and sometimes I, I wish we could all do that. Eh? when our joints get a little achy, just take one off and let it grow back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All righty, okay. Thanks very much. All right. Good luck, sir. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. 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 And I got a text from Chris. It says oddly, I have a robin that has been frequenting my heated bird bath for the past couple of weeks. Is this normal for them to be around at this time? Yeah, we've had a few people saying that they've had their robins around. And what would they be eating? I know they eat some of the um, the leftover fruit on some of the trees. But they're more of a... They like eating um, worms and different things like that. So they're, they're struggling a little bit at this time of year to find things to eat. Um, so I think they're more going after the leftover fruit on the trees and things like that. And uh, and if anybody else knows what else, the robins. And Brad was going to give a shout, but he's going to call us next week. He had some stuff come up. So he will uh, we'll talk a little bit more about birds next week with Brad. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. And actually, i got a few spots open if you'd like to give me a call. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Right now, I'm going to go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Mer. How are you? Good, good. What's happening? Well, you know, Kelly Acres is never a quiet spot. <laughs> Absolutely. Reeve and I are just doing our Sunday ritual here, but i got a uh, question about some fruit trees. Yes, we were looking at your uh, lemon trees and lime. Yep. Do we have to get one of each for pollination? No, they're self-pollinating. 
Okay, and how big do they get, Mark? Well, they can get quite large, like eventually, but most time in the house, like three, four feet, five feet, like so they can get into a good little shrub in the house. Okay, yeah, because we got that monster yucca tree that I have to cut down here at some point, right? Yeah. Ten feet tall. Yeah, no, so just put it, and they do like a taller, skinnier, um, like more of a cylinder type pot. So if you have the room for it to grow, I would put it into a larger pot to start with and just let it do its thing, and and then that'll elevate it in the space that you have to go right now. Okay, well, that's awesome. And then just secondary, are you around this week or are you traveling? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm gone Monday, Tuesday, just Edmonton. I'm back, but I'm back um, Wednesday through then. So if you want to get together and chat about some trees for spring. Yeah, and actually a layout for our place. So I'll uh, send you a text offline here, and we can uh, set up time. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks for your Look time. Look forward to it. Thanks, Brian. Bye-bye. Right. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Just had a few callers. I'm not sure if they just dropped off or or something else, but uh, if you'd like to call back, Gord is there waiting for you to answer. And we're going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Brady. Good morning, Brady. Hello. Hey, Brady. How are you? Great, how are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, so I'm looking to find some limber pine saplings or white bark pine that I could train into bonsais. Okay. I haven't had a lot of luck calling around places in the city, and I was wondering if you had any leads on kind of what a um, good way to get started on these would be. Yeah, limber pine. You want how, and you're looking for something fairly small. Yeah, like I'm thinking I don't want to start from seed, just if I can jumpstart it a bit. So a sapling or, you know, less than a foot tall, I guess. Yeah, no, there. there is. Um, if you call the store and just leave your name and number at the store and I will uh, I will get in touch with you because we do have access to smaller pine. Would you want something that's already started in a, like in a bonsai format already or do you want to do it all right from scratch? Oh, well, that'd be fine with doing it from scratch. Probably save a few bucks that way, but uh, it's, it's I have just, a lot of luck tracking them down. So yeah, it's just, already going. yeah, it's hard to get them, like, I have access to some, but typically you have to order, like, 50 at a time in this, when they're really small because you're doing it from um, some of our the, the propagation guys and just mm-hmm. the, you're shipping them. But I can see what I can do. I can see what kind of smaller ones I can get. Because um, be- it's become quite popular, so a lot of the smaller coniferous plants are more readily available. So if you just, um, like I said, just send uh, either the store or give us a call or leave me your name and number, and, and I'll see what I can find you this week and be in touch. Oh, perfect. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Brady. Yep, cheers. Yeah, that's... Um, it's always become quite popular, again, to the bonsais and the different formats. I love doing the espalier. I've done it on a couple of projects where we're trying to cover up a wall or try and cover up certain things. It's uh, an espalier where you just train the, the tree to grow horizontal. And one of the easiest ways you sort of start with a five-gallon fruit tree of some sort and plant it up tight to the wall and then attach wires into posts and just create four or five horizontal things for the tree to follow. 
I don't know. It's, it's pretty cool. It's a good way to hide that wall in a tight spot. And I got some tips. Robins like peanut butter, suet, frozen chopped fruit. So I don't think there's any any problem with it getting frozen once you put it outside there. And uh, But the suet and peanut butter. So there you go. So if you're looking to help our little Robin friends out there, give them a call. Or give them a, a shout. Don't call them. They, they won't answer. I will, though. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And got a text from Carolyn in Vernon. Good morning. It's Carolyn from Vernon. I'm wondering if it's time to transplant my Norfolk Island pine and what type of soil should I use and how big of a pot should I go? It's in a 12-inch pot. Yes, it's definitely ready to be transplanted. It's super healthy looking. So I'd get a good... Um, just a regular good potting soil is fine for that. I would go into quite a large pot. I would go into one that's about 25 to 30 inches high, 20 inches across, because you're getting some really good wingspan on that Norfolk. It's going to really become quite top heavy. So if you don't go into something that's a little bit bigger, it will struggle and it'll just keep tipping over on you. So you might as well move right to a, a really a good size pot to begin with. And and do that. I think that will uh, be very helpful. And and keep doing whatever you're doing to it. That is a that's a that's a beautiful looking Norfolk Island pine. Super healthy. Looks great. And I got another text. Hi Merle. You mentioned seeds this morning on your show. I agree with you that there's not much in the flower section out there. Have you checked out? Wild about flowers. They specialize in individual wild flower seeds. No, I've not. So that is a that's a good one. So if anybody wants to check that out, flowers. Wildaboutflowers.ca. Yeah, the one I'm I'm. It, it, they have a great veggie, and but then this have a lot of the annual flowers, which I know a lot of the other seed um, companies have uh, steered away from. So I'm hoping to have them in here quick, and uh, and then have a good selection here in Calgary for. For all our listeners and all our customers that come in and and pick up that, so and and uh, I will actually where are we at Gordon, we're almost time to take a break, eh? Yes, all right. We do have um, people ask about the lemon trees if we have them in stock. Yes, we have the Meyer lemons in right now, and we also have the Kalamundon. I'm sure I'm not saying that right right now. Kalamund oranges. And and the lime trees as well. So we have lots of the citrus in, and uh, get a new shipment of plants arriving this week as well. So again, bringing in lots of uh, lots of different house plants, lots of varieties, and uh, so yes, come visit us and see what we have. We need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy skies and minus 20 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. The National Energy Board has given another push to get the Trans Mountain Pipeline project approved. On Friday, the NEB gave conditional endorsement of construction, saying the project's benefits outweigh the negative impacts on the environment. It has also started the clock on a 90-day period for the federal government to give the expansion approval. Political commentator Janet Brown tells Global News 
Albertans want the pipeline to be the number one issue for the two lead candidates, Rachel Notley and Jason Kenney, heading into the spring election. Be a funny election because um, on the most important things, um, in a way, they don't differ. So what voters are going to be thinking about is is the style and the tactics that they're going to employ to sort of you know meet their goals. But uh, ironically, they both have exactly the same goal. The Alberta general election will take place on or before May 31st. It's a message that should be simple to follow. Don't drink and drive. And Calgary police were enforcing that message Friday night with enhanced check stops across the city. New mandatory alcohol screening laws came into effect in December, meaning officers can demand a breath sample from any driver. Before that law was passed, officers had to have a reasonable suspicion that the person was impaired. Calgary police statistics show the mandatory testing has not led to more convictions despite more roadside tests. Last month, 135 impaired driving and failure to comply charges were laid by Calgary Police, which is on par with numbers from 2018. Just as mourners were gathering in Halifax to remember the seven children of a Syrian refugee couple who died in a house fire this week, another Syrian family living in the Maritimes was escaping a blaze at their home. The Fredericton Fire Department says crews responded to a fire at a bungalow on the city's north side yesterday morning. A Syrian family of eight who lived in the house all managed to escape, but there was extensive damage to the home. Pope Francis has concluded his summit on preventing clergy sex abuse by vowing to confront abusers with the wrath of God, prioritizing victims of what he calls this brazen, aggressive, and destructive evil. Francis delivered his remarks at the end of Mass today before 190 Catholic bishops and religious superiors who were summoned to Rome after a renewed explosion of the clergy abuse scandal sparked a credibility crisis in the Catholic hierarchy and in Francis's own leadership. Taking a look at sports, brothers Matthew and Brady Kachuk square off today as the Flames take on the Senators at Canadian Tire Centre. Calgary has won four in a row, while Ottawa has lost their last three. Puck drop at 5 o'clock. Alberta's Chelsea Carey can win her second Scotties Tournament of Hearts tonight in Sydney, Nova Scotia. She beat Saskatchewan's Robin Silvernagel 11-7 last night in the 1-2 page playoff game to advance to the National Women's Curling Championship. Taking a look at the forecast, mainly cloudy today and a chance we could see some flurries later. A high of minus 18 with the wind chill near minus 28. Possible flurries this evening, then clearing overnight to low of minus 24. Wind chill minus 32. Sunshine tomorrow, minus 17. And then the sun does continue into Tuesday with a high of minus 15. It's minus 20. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. Or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero, and uh, just like to chat a little bit too about uh, um, looking to do some planting in your house. Actually, and I got a really nice picture here, and uh, 
not sure what this is, but I got a uh, vine given to this person in the fall, and it's a gorgeous Mandeville vine. And those ones work really well. You can use them outside or inside. Um, they're they're great. Uh, they're a great plant to bring in, and also use on the outside in some of your annual plants and things like that. So, and how wet should I have the soil let dry out? I would um, typically what I would do is most. And I and I said this yesterday in in our plant talk with the group. Um, most plants, I almost have the same advice for watering. Um, maybe some ferns, you maybe keep them a little bit moister. But for the most part, I like to let my plants dry in between waterings, not like bone dry, so the soil's coming away from the pot dry, but let it dry in between. That way, the roots don't rot. And uh, and it's always good to if you if you have a fair number of house plants and then it's good to have an indicator plant um like a like a peace lily or something like that and it'll it'll droop a little bit until you went to water but just um let it dry in between waterings don't don't water probably most time you're watering every week and a half to two weeks if you're if you're watering properly and then let it dry and if you have the ability to bring it to the sink or something like that to water and and flush it through that is even better that way you're watering your whole root ball and similar to when i talk about watering our trees outside you want to get the water all the way to the bottom of the pot if possible um because that way it'll ensure that the whole root will 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 uh, stay flush and stay nice so important to do that so anyways and then i got a picture it looks like a rhododendron i think from carol and uh I think that's what it is. Hard to tell or or an olive, but I, I think it's a it looks like a it looks like a rhododendron of some sort or or an olive. I'm not too sure. I'll have to uh look. Right now I'm gonna go to the phone lines. I'm gonna chat with Pat. Good morning, Pat. Morning, how's it going, Merle? Good. How are you doing? Good thanks. Hey uh I gotta say, you were born in Calgary, raised yes, yeah, like I was. Does this not remind you of winters when we were a kid? Absolutely. You know, and I remember being out like playing street hockey, and the f- and we never had bare s- s- like asphalt very rarely, right? You're always there was always a bit of a snow cover if you're out there playing street hockey or doing whatever. Yeah, slipping around. Yep. Um, before I uh, get into my question, uh, my sweetie pie girlfriend Allison uh, suggested keeping your extra seed packages in photo albums. Which is pretty cool because you can just put them, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's fast, good, good way to find your seed. That's a great idea, you know that because it is it sort of creates a little catalog for you. You can see it. You're not fumbling through uh, through a Tupperware container or something like that. I got a few hours of storing seeds, I think. But a lot of the uh, thrift stores around town sell uh, old photo albums, and you can always, you know, the binder, three ring binders. You can go and get extra. Uh, yep. For him to put them in, so it's kind of an endless thing. It's just getting a good, um, like a foil pack with a Ziploc or something airtight, or a little, or a, and, and it's dark. You could use a plastic bag of some sort. It just, it's just nice to seal them up to keep them fairly dry as well. So for next year, but yeah, my question is, it's a little different. Um, saffron is just such an amazing spice. I love it. Yeah. And is it worth the effort of trying to grow it here, either? outside in the summer or in a controlled environment inside under LEDs, say? Um, I have never grown it, and I'm just, I'm not sure if it's, 
Like it, it's it's a bulb. Yeah, it comes. It's an. It's, yeah, it's just it's basically. Uh, it looks just like a. Yeah, it's just it's a crocus. The crocus. It's grown. I think it originates from Iran. Yep. So they get some pretty cold weather over there as well. So it's something that you can maybe try growing. Um, I, why not? Right? Like, do you sell it in the store? Um, we don't have it, but I'm sure we could look at getting some bulbs in. Or it's something that you just might order in from a from a seed or a bulb company. Just sort of try and get one or two. Um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Let me look into it a bit and see if it's something that could be a little bit more grown a little bit more readily. It says it can go. Saffron crocuses are hardy down to minus ten Fahrenheit, so that's fairly cold. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was quickly looking through about it on YouTube or on the net, and it's saying. Like a family of four, if you have two dishes a week with saffron in it, it takes like 29 bulbs yeah. to grow. So, like, I'm a family of one. <laughs> Too bad. You know, I wouldn't have to go to yeah. any. And, you know, it's just for the people out there. that. And plus, if you want to look at it <laughs> expense-wise, it's it's more expensive than weed. Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. So people spend a lot of money to grow weed. So, hey. Grow some saffron and have your weed right beside it. and There you go. <laughs> you get the munchies, you can put some saffron and cook some good food. Sounds good. All right, perfect. I'll, uh, I'll be listening, so maybe in uh, future shows. Absolutely. Anything on that, I'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. absolutely. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Pat. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. No, and, and I love that when I get... Uh, uh, challenge and if you people are looking for anything different, it gets hardy to minus twenty six on this other site too. So actually, this is something we'll definitely look at getting in in our bulbs. And actually, we're just finalizing our bulb spring order, which will be arriving here soon. I'll see if we can get some uh, some of those uh, saffron crocus bulbs in as well. And I think that would be something that's kind of neat. And uh, people always enjoy when you can harvest what you grow, which is especially something like that that's very expensive. I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Heather. Good morning, Heather. Hi. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Very good. How can I help you? Good. Uh, Well, I've got a raised garden bed quite large that I grow vegetables in. Um, I think the soil's been a little sour. I haven't actually tested it, but I want to get a good start this year. Last year, I did use some worm castings and added some nitrogen to the soil and whatnot. How did you add the nitrogen? With Epsom salts, actually. Okay. Um, So I just want some suggestions on what might be a good combination to get it going again this year. Would I use worm castings every year? Yeah, I'm just trying to... And I'm not a hundred percent sold on the on the Epsom salts here with our soil, okay. the way our soils are, because it, it's it's a lot. Our soil is very hard and dense, okay. um, so I think sometimes with the Epsom salts, it might not work as well as in some of the the lighter, more organic soils that you're seeing in some of the places where they're recommending that. And by all means, if somebody's had some experience and 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 knows the proper way of using the Epsom salts, please let us know. Um, I'd love to hear from you and, and can call in and, uh, and share with Heather and I. Um, but I would just really look at getting some good organic matter in there, get some good compost, um, and just even um, more, like how, how deep is it? It's about two feet. So it's a 20 by 10 foot bed. Okay. Uh, about two feet deep, yeah. Um, so another really good one is the sea soil, just adding some of that on top. 
Um, the cocoa moss, do you find it dries out really good or does it stay a little bit moist or? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does dry out. I have a sprinkler set up in there, like a sprinkler system, okay. what but I, I don't add, let it. Okay, I would add some cocoa moss then. That's probably one of the best things. Okay. It, it, uh, and the nice thing is it comes in those small cubes now, and that cube, once you expand it, is the equivalent to a big bale of peat moss, and, right. this, and this is the same cost of twelve ninety nine. But the cocoa moss, it lasts three times as long as peat moss because it's a lot coarser. And I just like it because it's a renewable product, and it and it's it's better for the environment. We're not ripping up our peat bogs, so okay. Um, so I would just add a little bit of organic matter, and then we have a really good product. It's um, from Groundskeepers Pride. It's just a it's organic granular fertilizer, and then just add that into the soil because then you know you're not guessing what the Epsom salt is giving you or what other things are getting you. It's three eight four or something. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it, it just you know what you're getting with it. And it's mm-hmm. an organic fertilizer rather than, like I said, guessing with some of these other things that, that you, you're not sure how much nitrogen am I getting out of that yeah. Epsom. So. Yeah, understood. Um, and would I use this same combination of soil back in the greenhouse? So I have uh, the tomatoes all grow back in the greenhouse and I've got them in um, like three stacks of uh, tires is how I keep the yep. roots warm at the early part of the awesome. year. So, uh, yeah, I had sent you a picture last year and they were doing really well at that time. But again, they flowered like crazy. They fruit like crazy, but they really didn't um, grow very big, the fruit. And so I was, someone had suggested maybe topping them after they start flowering. And the biggest thing with your tomatoes is when you plant them in those, if you're doing the, do you raise the tires as it grows? Do you bury it? Yes. Okay, um, which is good. But typically, even to start out, like like I like to, if I have a, a tomato plant that's about 12 inches high, I'll bury it and I'll leave about four inches sticking out of the ground yeah. and I pull all the bottom leaves off when I plant it. Yeah. And then that way you get a really good thir- sturdy plant and then let it grow from there. And they are fairly heavy feeders and they do just like, uh, and do you grow cherry tomatoes or the bigger tomatoes? Both. Okay. Um, with the bigger tomatoes, you want to make sure you have uh, fertilizer that has a bit of calcium in it, so okay. that way you don't get that end rot and that on some of your tomatoes. And just they, I would feed every time and good, just regular watering with your tomatoes. Inconsistent watering, they don't like that. They like good consistent watering. Okay. And in okay. nice sunny spot, they and I would you can pick off like on the suckers. You know when you have the branching, you'll see water little little separate branches popping out from the centers of a lot of the other branches. Yeah, I try to remove those every yeah. year. Yeah, and then you should be fine, but I would just um, just good consistent watering, a steady feeding, and then you should see lots of uh, lots of fruit on those. Because yeah. especially being in the tire, it, like that creates some heat. So. Mm-hmm. Well, some of, the, some of them grew to about three or four feet and had maybe about 30 to 40 flowers but then the fruit it was nice uh, just not you know not nearly big enough to do any sort of canning or or that did you did they get did you start later in the season or is it i start them i start all my what i can in the house okay tomatoes and yeah the corn and cucumbers everything starts in the house in in march okay so you're starting them nice and early which is great yeah. So okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll add the calcium for the end rot. That's helpful. And yeah. um, and, and then, just a good know. steady fertilizer. Like I said, they they do like like the fifteen thirty fifteen something with a higher middle number, and not mm-hmm. too much nitrogen on the top. And then you can add the 
um, the calcium supplement to the roots as well on the larger ones. Okay, that's Alrighty. great. Yeah, thanks so much. You're very welcome. Good thanks, day. Heather. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And what do I got here? I got a few texts. Hi, my name is Karen. I usually put rocks on the bottom of my plant, my pots when planting houseplants. Do I need to do this? Uh, it definitely, it doesn't hurt because it creates a little bit more drainage. The only thing, Karen, I'd, one thing I'd ask is if you don't have any drain holes in the bottom, then I would definitely put uh, rocks in the bottom because, and probably put a couple inches just to keep the moisture or the water away from the bottom of your roots and let them breathe and dry out. Um, but in, if possible, you can get a a ceramic drill bit of some sort and, and put a hole in the bottom of your pot and put it into a tray. Plants do prefer, especially in Calgary with our hard water, um, if you can get some sort of drainage, um, it definitely makes a big difference. So, um, and just helps the, helps the roots not get so clogged up with salt and the hard water buildup. And where are we at for time? I should probably just take a break, Gord, and uh, we'll just do that. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, your one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor gardening needs. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I did receive a text, and we chatted about this. It's uh, it's the Lily of the Valley shrub. It's uh, PRS Japanese Andromedia bush, and and um, I got a picture of it on text, and it's just good morning from Carol. What's happening to my to my Japanese Andromedia? Uh, it's they do go dormant a little bit at this time of year, but then they do love an acid type fertilizer, and that's the thirty ten ten. And uh, so at this time in the winter time, it's going to look a little bit. Um, like it's looking because they do go into winter mode and in the springtime you'll see it rejuvenate. It should just take off like crazy. Um, I would feed it with a 301010 and uh, and go from there. That should uh, help out for sure and uh, and make it look a little bit nicer. But what you what it's really waiting for is the sunshine as well and go from there. Let's go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Arlene. Good morning, Arlene. Good morning. How can I help you? I have a problem with my African violet. I spoke to you about five years ago. I still haven't gotten it to bloom. Uh, it's healthy. It's uh, one thing that I've discovered recently yep. is that there's a shoot coming out. It's green, uh, but it, at the tip, it looks like a feather. Huh. Yeah. And below that is one of those spiraling things. It's got it like a little wart on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Is it really, really? Has he, have you ever transplanted it, Arlene? No, I haven't. Okay. I kept it in the pot because it's very, very healthy. Okay. I get the leaves, and right now it it hasn't leafed. Okay. Okay. And have you? Do you put? Do you fertilize it all? Yeah. Okay. And what are you using for a fertilizer? I use the Schultz. Okay, that usually helps with those. Um, and, and typically, African violet, if it if it stays in the same spot, typically it should bloom if it's getting a good light. And if you're fertilizing it regularly with with that fertilizer, you might want to give it a little bit of a boost, maybe like with a fifteen thirty fifteen. And is it getting enough light, Arlene? It is. It's the 
facing the south. It's at the south window. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like you got everything going right. So yeah, and these uh, things that I call roots that are hanging down the pot. Yeah, I got oodles of them. Huh? But I. That's why I was thinking it's maybe really root bound plant, but it hasn't given me any flowers. See, and typically, if you stress it out like that, it will bloom. But I'm. I'm surprised that you're not getting anything, but it does sound like it's really, really root bound. If it's sending out lots of those roots out the up the up the bottom, yeah, I would say it's. I would transplant it. Okay, it's five years that I had this thing. And yeah, it's so, so stubborn. Yeah, well, you just have to be more stubborn. Let's transplant it, and give it another shot, and then see what you can do from there. So, what's that thing that looks like at the tip? It looks like a leaf. I, I'm just I'm or a feather. I'm thinking it's just a one, like one of its sort of, a, it's a type of bloom, like a seed on it, descending out a, an extra root. Oh, really? Is there any, do you text at all, Arlene? No, I don't. I don't have a computer. Okay. Okay. And I don't know if you had a, a phone, like an Apple iPhone or no, anything. Okay. I don't believe in that. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. No, I wish I didn't have one sometimes. Um, but I'm just saying that's just a way of, uh, of uh, I could get a picture of it. And, uh, but I would just, I, I would even just, I, let's try the transplanting and see how that goes. Okay. All right. All right, Meryl. Thanks, Arlene. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that one's a tough one, but I'm just trying to think back on African violets, and I have seen them send those out. Typically, when they get stressed out, they'll send out just sort of survival roots, um, trying to grasp onto something and uh, and send out another um, thing. Usually, at this point, if I struggle with some of like that, usually a, a cast mite or somebody sends me a text and corrects me on something. So, not sure she must be sleeping. All right, let's go to the phone lines and go to Leah. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. Um, I have something for the robins. And okay. Half, half the recipe was left out when you read it and laughed oh, about okay. the frozen berries. Um, you need peanut butter, okay. crum- crumbled up suet uh, into bite-sized pieces for the birds, and a package of frozen blueberries or Saskatoons, whatever, or if you have okay. it in your freezer frozen, chop this up into bite-sized pieces for the bird so that they can swallow that without choking. And then you add seven grain cereal and cornmeal and then you mix that all in a bowl with the peanut butter and uh, mix it so that um, the peanut butter won't stick in their beaks or mouth and keep it in the fridge or freezer um, when you uh, store when you make too much that you store it in the freezer fridge to see if they'll be interested and then you spread it on a small log and you bring it in after dark so the mice don't steal it because they did that with me and then you don't get all kinds of yeah well you get it it gets really dirty to put it back put fresh stuff on again so you bring it in at night and then you put it back out in the morning but it will probably take a while for the robin to um uh, figure out what to do with it yeah i guess know? or you could always put it onto some sort of hanging thing and maybe leave it in a tree or something yeah. like that if you have the ability to do well, something like that. Well, here the mice are really smart. They find everything. Yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay, would that do then? Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks, Leah. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus 19 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. 
A judge has tossed out a British Columbia government's request to declare an Alberta law unconstitutional. The law, which was passed by the Alberta legislature last May, could restrict the flow of refined oil products to B.C., but Justice R.J. Hall wrote in a decision that since the law was never officially proclaimed, the request to strike it is premature. Voters will cast their ballots tomorrow in a by-election in the B.C. riding of Burnaby South, where NDP leader Jagmeet Singh is running for a seat in Parliament. Singh has faced criticism from within the party for poor fundraising and low support in the polls. A U.S. backdriver to deliver foreign aid to Venezuela met strong resistance as troops loyal to President Nicolas Maduro blocked the convoys at the border and fired tear gas at protesters in clashes that left two people dead and some 300 injured. In the forecast, chance we could see some flurries later today. The temperature stays steady at around minus 18. Possible flurries heading into the evening and then clear overnight, so low of minus 24. And sunshine tomorrow and minus 17. It's minus 19. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 if you'd like to call. That is the talk and text line. And where are we at for? And I did see this on on uh, had, uh, on global news on, on the TV on the morning show. They were talking about using old tires and different things as as raised planters, and just concerns about um, emitting different and uh, contaminants into the soil. And uh, I guess there's some validity to that. Um, uh, the old creosote railway ties that we used to sell, and you see that in the gardening, and and the different pressure treated. Um, so uh, yeah, there's probably some definitely some some validity to that. Um, using old tires or different things, worrying about what it's going to um, leach into the soil, into your plants. Um, one way always to do that is just use a good clear cedar. Um, if you are using the pressure treated, there's definitely the brown. There's ones that do not have any of the the bad toxins in them. So when you are purchasing your wood or whatever you're using for your raised beds, um, try and ensure that you're using a product um, it'd be interesting. I haven't really looked into the tires a whole lot, but I know a lot of people have used them, um, the raised tire for potatoes and things like that. So these are all root crops. So yeah, I guess it's something, um, to be careful of. And if you are worried about it, just strictly go to a, a cedar or something like that. And then you'll have no issues at all on your raised beds. And, uh, and here's something garden miss. I have to see if it'll open up here on the on this computer. Oh, here we go. It will. Just something about garden, the uh, Epsom salt mist in the garden. And uh, I'll have to read up on this. And they call it like a miracle cure for plants. So here I'm going to read up on that in between the breaks and I'll chat about it next one. And if there's any other texts I'd like to chat about. So some of the things that we're really looking at doing in in our gardening at, at the store right now 
is we're really hot and heavy into seeds right now. So if you're looking at doing any seeding right now, is the best time to hit all your local garden centers and, and get those sought after seeds. Um, I know last year we had issues getting um, garlic in the fall. So um, you might want to look at getting your garlic and I know we're going to have it in the spring, but I know they say it's always better to plant in the fall, but we will have it this spring. So if you need any garlic and certain peppers, a lot of the hotter different peppers have become really um, trendy to, to grow at this time. And so any of the different fruit that you're looking to get and uh, make sure you get in there early and get your seeds that you're looking for because they do they do go fairly quick and there is limited supply because I know the ones that we bring in are through like Alberta Heritage Seeds and then West Coast. And, and when you're dealing in certified seeds, they can't just order more from the States or wherever else. I know Shane at Wild Rose Heritage Seeds, he grows everything. He, he harvests all the fruit. He collects all the seeds. And he he's definitely has a process that he has to follow to keep his certification up. And then I had another text regarding saffron. Saffron is specific crocus, and it takes a lot of plants to make a gram. Yeah, that's what uh, he was saying as well. So be interested to see. So we're definitely going to look into that. So I'll chat a little bit more about that as well. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line and chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. Yeah, no worries. How can I help you? You were talking about outdoor or raised bed flower pots. Outside. Yes. Um, what about a, a double kitchen sink? Yeah, that would work great. Like, do they leach things? Well, I think depends. They're uh, they're a galvanized metal, right, of some sort, or stainless steel. I think they'd probably be pretty safe. Uh, what about a bathtub? Um, I think I wouldn't want to do any of the old lead ones or anything. I think again, I'd just have to check. You'd have to check on on what it's made of underneath. Uh, some people. I saw pictures sort of... For flowers, you're totally fine. But it's just if you're growing food. But if you're growing flowers, absolutely. Yeah, some people... I saw pictures on the internet. They use a toilet bowl. Yeah, no, I've seen that before, too, in front of a couple plumbing shops. Um, I think those are... Those are... um, They're always interesting conversation pieces as well, right? Well, sometimes in the front yard or the backyard. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and for flowers, any of those kind of things, because I know when you talk about the sinks, like I was just at the gift show a couple weeks ago in, in Vegas, and there, that enamel look has really come back into fashion, and they're recreating sort of fake sinks and that and turning them into um, plant or planters so you can... Uh, as flower pots so yeah people are renovating their homes and uh i think most of us all have double sinks in our kitchens absolutely so why not um bring them in and reuse them if you can um because it's 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 kind of a unique piece and and i've seen them do if you have an old bed frame they lay the bed on the and they turn into a flower bed sort of thing. So um, the front and the headboard, if you have enough room to do those bigger gardens, and it looks phenomenal if you have the room to do that kind of stuff. So I'm sort of a fan of those uh, milk crates. Yeah, absolutely. They, they got plastic. Uh, you know, I line it with a garbage bag, and, you know, I punch holes in it. But uh, are they okay? Absolutely. Yep. No, they definitely were good. And, and is it more so for flowers and stuff like that? 
Uh, are you talking about the milk, the wood milk crates, or the, the plastic ones? The plastic ones, and I I put uh, tomato plants in them. Yeah, no, they'll be just fine. And instead of plastic, I would just use a landscape fabric. Oh, I I just went to the basement and got a garbage bag. Yeah, I think if I was growing like actual plants, like. If you're just doing flowers, that's fine. But a landscape fabric is better because it'll let the water leach out, and then it can also breathe a lot better. Oh, yeah. So just get yourself a cheap, like a cheap roll of landscape fabric, and uh, and you're and you're perfect. Oh, okay. Alrighty. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dale. I and enjoy your show. Thank you. I enjoy doing it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Thank you. Yeah, I know. And that's something that uh, repurposing. I know we get a lot of, we have these butter boxes in the store, and so they're recreating old crates and things like that. And we see that that's really come into play in a lot of the decor, um, making lamps and things out of old plumbing parts and 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 shelving units out of of pipes and, and, uh, and galvanized iron fixtures and things like that. So you see a lot of that repurposing, and I'm not sure what the show was. My daughter Jaden was talking about it. Some on Netflix where this this lady on there is um, cleaning her house out, and I think that's overloading a lot of the the secondhand stores, which is good for everybody else that can repurpose things. But it's decluttering your house or and getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff. So, anyways, when we get back, actually, I think it might be Cass Smith on the line there. Um, we'll chat with her. I'm just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I'm going to go to the phone lines here, but I'm going to answer one quick text. Um, can you tell me if it is possible to grow an edible lemon tree indoors? If so, what type and conditions and where should I get such a thing? Actually, we were just talking about it earlier today. Actually, we have Myers lemons in stock right now down at Spruce It Up. And they like a fairly bright light. Not doesn't have to be direct sun, but they want a good well-lit room and a good pot um, if you transplant into something a little bit more of a cylinder type pot, a little bit taller um, rather than wider type pot, um, they, you can grow quite well here in Calgary uh, indoors. And the type of fertilizer they like is a, like a 30-10-10, a little bit more of an acidic soil. Um, I mean, a sick fertilizer when you fertilize the, the lemon tree. So, yes, um, actually, like I was saying, I just took one home yesterday from the garden center. And has lots of fruit on it and lots of blooms. So looking forward to getting some some uh, fresh lemons in the house. And uh, speaking of the repurposing, I also got another one. Uh, my neighbor's plants are in worn out blue jeans. She rolls up the legs up to the knees and fills the soil. They look great. No, I've seen that one before too. It looks awesome. Let's go to the phone line and chat with Cass Smythe. Good morning, Cass. Morning. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. I heard you say my name, so yeah, I couldn't no, I was, figure out what you were saying. So yeah, no, I was uh, <laughs> thinking usually if I if I'm going on the wrong track or something on some of these, um, and I, I, there are a bit of wives tales or myths or different well, they things. They truly are. Some of them are myths. Yeah, and the Epsom salts comes up a lot. It does. And. And the, the 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 lady who had called in, she said she added it for nitrogen, and and to me it just didn't make a lot of sense. So well, the thing with ma- with um, Epsom salts, it's magnesium sulfate, 
Mm-hmm. And the thing is that if you don't know the true chemistry of your soil and the makeup of it, you're messing with it. And magnesium will is part and parcel of the chlorophyll mo- ma- molecule. Yeah. You know, it's part of the green leaf, and it is crucial to it. But probably what's going on is there's too much phosphorus going yeah. into the soil. Like if you're using a fertilizer with a high middle number all the time, yep. or you've used it in the past, it's defeating the magnesium within your soil. So it's it's like a war, if you will. Yeah. And it will, I mean, it takes it a long while to work in. And I mean, there's a certain amount of truth to some of the things, but it definitely... You, you has, don't know what you're getting, right? No, you don't. And that sort of... You know, like a couple of handfuls of, of magnesium sulfate, and then what do you do? If yeah. you've overdone it in your carefully monitored composted soil yeah so you're better to test your soil and if you need nitrogen um add the proper nitrogen or i was That's saying right. like we have that groundskeepers products or an organic granular fertilizer exactly. you, you know you're getting some nitrogen some phosphorus some potash yes. in there yeah. and and some of these things that those remedies home remedy you don't know it's like what is it going to do to your soil well exactly and i i i honestly i know some rose growers that use it but they have a very carefully monitored soil that they're working with yeah and they do really well with it so i i don't put it down completely but by the same token it's one of those myths yeah and yeah. The, and if you i'm just reading like the the rose society of america does not recommend epsom salts for the no. casual rose grower no. like you were saying when you start getting into these things you gotta make sure you're using it in the right exactly yeah exactly it's not just but what yeah. happens is though someone says oh no use epsom salts so people go and grab a big bag of epsom salts and yeah and the next garden. thing you know they've got a bathtub full of epsom salts <laughs> and nothing really growing yeah so um, I got a comment about the African violet. Yeah. She's got what is a plantlet. Um, yeah. In their native environment, they, they grow just like strawberries do. They'll grow babies to get out of, to move on to new soil. Yeah, that's typically when they get really root-bound like that, they'll send out those little stringer plants. Sorry. That's right, little yeah. runners, and then they have plantlets. And the feathery growth that she's getting is a plantlet, but it's going to root into something, and the plantlet, the white part won't, produce. Yeah, that's what I was saying to her. the green leaves will grow underneath it. Yeah, so I was saying to her, like, this transplant that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just, it, there's nothing left for it, so it's sending no. out, it's looking for a new well, home. Well, she's putting fertilizer in it with that Schultz product. You put it in every time you water, so gradually there's nothing left for the plant to use because it's pretty much all the fertilizer in there. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's just one of the things. And uh, all these recycled, repurposed containers. Yep. If you're going to grow food, just remember, beware the skin it was in before. So don't use things that had oil or something like yeah, that. And, and I guess it depends on how old the tires are. We don't really know what was in. Like, and yeah. That is one that I know they heat up well. They do lots of good things, but they can also bring well, some. Well, gas, too. Oh, yeah, I know, especially in our heat in our summer when it yeah. gets hot. like our The smell it, from an old tire? Woo. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right, Kath, thank you so much. You're welcome. Welcome. Talk to you soon. All Bye-bye. right. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, there's time to take a couple quick calls. 403-974-8255 1-800-563-7770. And those are both the talk and text line. And, uh, I just got a uh, text regarding how do you control slugs 
in the flower beds. And that's another great topic on different wives' tales or different ideas. I know people have used the, like a darker beer, a real hopsy beer in a tray, and you put it out there and then the slug come in and they get into the beer and they kind of get drunk and then you just take them and, and, uh, and you can dump them out that way. There's slug bait stations you can use as well. Um, and some of it can be controlled. It just um, it could be just too wet of an area as well. I know they get on to they love hostas and different things like that, and they can just defoliate a hosta bed in no time in those shadier spots. Um, so just just control the water again, sp- getting sprayed on the leaves, and those slug bait stations actually work really quite well. And uh, or or put the beer out there. You can sit out on a Sunday afternoon and put one out there and uh, and go from there and do that. And I think I've got most of the text covered for the most part um, um, this today so far. So anyways, I'd like also just to mention um, regarding the trees and shrubs out there, if you're out looking at doing some landscaping, um, we're getting lots of calls going into um, some of the older areas um, like the Canyon Meadows, Lake Bonavistas, and then up in the northwest like the Dalhousies and and things like that. Are, it's, they're just finding that their their yards need to get uh, revamped, revert, revitalized a bit. Um, but whenever you're doing something like that, you want to make sure you take a look out into your yard and pick two or three anchors that are good in your yard and try and save those whenever possible because... Um, those are really hard to replace, and if you have a nice big elm tree in the back or a nice crab apple or a spruce tree or something like that, and you don't want to um, remove everything and start fresh, keep two or three anchor plants, um, trees or, or structures or something in your yard, so that way you have something to build around and it doesn't look like brand new. Sometimes you need to go in and remove all the all the vegetation that's just overgrown, planted in the in the wrong spot or things like that, and that needs to happen. But right now, at this time of year, it's a great time to look at the structure of your yard, of what it's missing, and and even a lot of times just take a picture, and and then if you can print it out just on a piece of paper and you can kind of circle, and then if you're calling a, a landscape designer or somebody like that, um, you can go and chat with it, and it gives them something to work from and see what you're seeing when you're looking out. Okay, I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we got Ken. Good morning, Ken. Morning, sir. I'll make it quick. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I got an older apple tree. It's got to yep. be twenty years or whatever, and it's—I don't know the name of it, but it's the apples are a little smaller than a tennis ball, and they're just a fantastic apple. Okay. The last couple of years, it just starts to be fading, like left active branches, and just not looking healthy. Yeah, I've been hitting it with Rage Plus in the spring, and then using a water spike during the summer to keep it healthy or wet, but it yeah. just not coming back. It, it probably needs to be uh, it probably needs to get thinned out. The apples if they get too much um branching, all that energy goes to leaves and all that other stuff and there's just nothing left when it comes to producing the fruit. Okay. So you'll see that in a lot of orchards they definitely do thinning out. So okay. I would just recommend that you you get an arborist in to have a look at that. And I know we do a lot of work out in, in High River, so if you want to give us a call at Prune It Up, we'd be more than happy to have a look at it for you. But that's what I would recommend. It's just time to to thin it out. Okay, so Rage Plus in the spring two or three times? Yeah, absolutely. And then just else? instead of the water spike, I would just use a soaker hose. And and that's okay. great. And you can use a 15-30-15, get a bit more phosphorus and, and nitrogen into it. 15-30-15? Yep. Okay. 
Already? And a couple times, a couple times a year. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to you want to do it early, start in early spring, and so you start early May and go, but don't go f- too much past mid July. Right. So All right. Rage, rage plus for the first few. Yeah, absolutely. Months, and then hit it with this. Yep. Thank you, sir. All Have right. a great day. Thanks, bud. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to do a quick one with Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. How are you? Good yourself. Oh, not too bad. Good. A quick question. Uh, Kath was talking about uh, rubber tires off-gassing into the soil. Yes. Um, all the plastic pots we get are made offshore, and I'm sure they don't uh, aren't <laughs> careful about the plastic that goes into them. Um, aren't we better off with some sort of clay pot than a plastic? Well, absolutely. If you're growing into, um, um, definitely, uh, the clay is just a much nicer, it's better for the plants too. The, the roots can breathe much better. Um, terracotta. Or any of the like, we bring in lots of um, clay from Vietnam and, and China. It's it it's a natural product, so I totally agree with you. Does does glazing make a difference? Um, I'm I imagine, but we don't glaze the inside. Um, it's glazed on the outside and it's heated up to baked on there. Uh huh. They they do it into the oven. So, um, I I I, I don't know it a hundred to five hundred percent or whatever, but I would think any of the clay. I think you're more on the right track. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Wayne. Good to hear from you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks, bud. Bye. All right, right to the end. i got to take a quick, actually, a quick break. I'm out taking a break till next week. Um, that's it for me for today. Thanks for, thanks for listening on 770 CHQR. It's partly cloudy and minus 19 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Canadians could hear this week from Jody Wilson-Raybould about whether the former Attorney General believes she faced inappropriate pressure from the Prime Minister's office to halt a criminal prosecution.